it doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheels over and over as an industry. If you look at this industry, it's just not making sense that everybody is building their own self-driving car uh, HD map themselves to me. It's such a waste of time, money, and resource. You are listening to Innovators, brought to you by Wing Venture Capital. I am your host, Zach DeWitt. Today, we are joined by James Wu, co-founder and CEO of DeepMap. DeepMap is building a software solution for HD mapping and localization for autonomous vehicles. If you have ever seen cars driving around the streets with various sensors and devices, they are likely using DeepMap to create a custom map that will power the driverless economy. The company continues to grow quickly, both in terms of announcing new customers, such as Ford, and raising capital, as DeepMap has raised over $90 million dollars from top-tier venture firms such as Excel and Andreessen Horowitz. James is an expert in the space, as he previously worked on mapping solutions at Baidu, Google, and Apple. I think you will greatly enjoy today's episode, as James discusses DeepMap's progress, how they're using machine learning to solve a real business problem, and how artificial intelligence has the potential to transform much of the workflow in our business economy. James, if you don't mind, please introduce yourself. I'm James Wu. I'm the founder, uh, co-founder and the CEO of DeepMap. And James, when did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I think it's where I realize the industry has a major issue that nobody is properly attacking that problem. That's basically three years ago when we, when we started uh, DeepMap. I think at that time, that's really the time that I'm thinking about becoming an entrepreneur myself. And what were you doing prior to DeepMap? So before DeepMap, I was a principal architect working for Baidu USA in charge of their HD map for their self-driving cars. And it looks like before that, you know, you worked for Apple and you were at Google. Um, so you worked for some of the, the best tech companies in the world, I'm sure you learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work in terms of building the culture and building the team. I work for uh, six map companies, including Google and uh, Apple, and some map startups as well. I learned a lot from all these uh, great uh, companies, especially for the mapping business. What are the challenges? Uh, what are the problems? And uh, what are the best way to address the problems? Specifically for self-driving car, for HD maps, there's the scalability problem for mapping, this kind of a large-scale mapping, and also uh, the precision will be a major problem. And all these are critical for the safety of self-driving cars. And uh, the last one is also the cost. How do you get the cost down? So that's basically a few major challenges we realize. And I, I realize those challenges we will be facing all the players in the space. So that's why we decided to start a company to address these problems. And James, given your background and pedigree, I'm sure you've had many offers um, to join smaller startups or even be a co-founder. When this time came to start DeepMap, was it a different feeling this time around? Was it a visceral feeling that this was a problem big enough that you had to 
to drop what you were doing and, and start something on your own? Yeah, this is quite different, right? So I, I, I got a lot of opportunities all over the place in the past uh, decades. And even when I start DeepMap, I have three very good offers. <laughs> three companies try to hire me to help them building maps or HD maps. But this is completely different. This is almost like a, some kind of feeling of a sacrifice. <laughs> I realize this is a problem that need to be addressed. And I, I believe we know the right way to solve this problem. And nobody else is doing it right now. Looking at our background and our knowledge, we're the best guys to do this kind of things. It's a lot of risk, by the way, uh, when you're giving up a, a very uh, good job offer. And for me, I gave up three. So <laughs> it's actually a very risky thing for people who don't understand what we're doing. And for me, uh, it's something that we have to do because this is the right way to solve the problem for the industry. How, how did your family take it uh, when you started discussing the opportunity to start this company? My family trusts me, right? So they, so they got mixed feelings. They, they don't want me to be frustrated uh, with, uh, with wasting my life at uh, different places. They want me to maximize my value and contribution to the industry. That part is they align with me, but they also uh, need to take uh, the kind of worrying, like I'll have too much challenges and too little time to relax. They will worry about my uh, capability to handle the kind of pressures down the road. And uh, also they need to sacrifice as well, right? So basically, ever since I started DeepMap, I was not able to pick up and uh, drop on my kids. Basically, my wife took over all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so they are kind of sacrificed. It's not just me, it's my family. They are together with me in this journey. And for which I'm really, really appreciate. They trust me very much. They, they don't know much about MAP, but they knew that uh, I have been working in this industry for 15, 16 years. I know what I'm doing and they trust my judgment. So they believe this is the right thing for me to do and they are willing to sacrifice together with me. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, all, all great entrepreneurs have a great support system, and it sounds certainly like you do as well. So, and James, what what is DeepMap? DeepMap is a new company. We try to use a new approach to solve problems that the self driving car industry will run into, which is how to build large scale HD map with high precision, a high reliability and also low cost. This is something that we have to solve as an industry to enable self-driving car technology to be adopted widely. Because otherwise, you know, the car will not be safe enough, number one. People will risk their lives and their resources. Number two is if the self-driving car technology is too expensive, people will delay the adoption of the technology until the technology is cheap enough. So fundamentally, you know, people can hire a driver to do the self-driving thing. So they don't need a machine driver. So this is, uh, DeepMap is jumping in, solving the HD map and localization problems. And we try to build this HD map engine that's shared among our customers, enable each of our customers to do mapping and localization quickly, reliably, and cheaply. Well, also, uh, we share the cost of 
building and maintaining this great, complicated HDMAP engine across our customers. The ultimate goal is for us to together work with our customers, our partners, to make self-driving car technology become a commodity sooner. Our kids may not need to drive themselves or the death rate in car accident will dramatically drop so people can benefit from the self-driving car technology. And James, with, with DeepMap, what types of customers are you going after? Are you going after the car manufacturers? Are you going after what will be the driverless car operators? All of them, actually. So whoever is working on self-driving car technology seriously, including trucking companies, uh, OEMs, tech companies, uh, ride-sharing companies, and even uh, companies making uh, delivery robots, all kind of company who's trying to make self-driving car technology adopted. It can be operation companies like Uber and Lyft, this kind of company. It also could be uh, car manufacturers. And what are they using DeepMap for? Is it their entire mapping operating system? Is it one part of this one part of the mapping stack? Uh, so basically, they have their cars. They collect a lot of data. They want to deploy their cars in certain regions. And then they hire us, and we make the map for the region that they want to deploy. And they also can leverage our uh, map update services and uh, our localization services to uh, utilize the functionalities we provide in our HDMAP solution system. So James, obviously there's a lot being written about uh, autonomous vehicles and there's a lot of excitement and potential. Um, how, how big of a market do you think DeepMap is currently going after? We believe this is a huge market because people are talking about self-driving cars and it's a multi-trillion dollar business. And even like 1% or even less of that is related to mapping. We're talking about multi-billion dollar business. However, uh, we are, we're not uh, really focusing on the size of the market at this stage yet. I think our main focus is try to solve the problems, technology, both technology and economic challenges in the self-driving car industry. So there's, there's two problems in the self-driving car industry. One is the technology challenge. It's a very difficult problem. And the other is economic challenge. Like how can you make a self-driving car and it's actually affordable and cheaper than a human driver? So we're trying to look into these two challenges and how we can help and solve these problems. For the technology challenge, one of the challenges uh, the industry is facing is that actually we don't have enough talents to work in the self-driving car space. Uh, for example, let's just talk about HD mapping, right? There's a limited number of people that who has done large-scale mapping with high precision and how to keep the map up to date. And this is a, there's a huge shortage for this kind of people. We actually kind of assembled a great team with a lot of experts in the space, and we built this uh, mapping engine that we can serve all the customers so that they don't need to hire this kind of people and build this themselves. Most of the time, they can't even find so many experts to work for them uh, in this space. So that's one thing we help to solve the, the problem for the industries to solve the talent problem. And also, because we have the right people, we can build very high precision maps and do localization very reliably in all kinds of different uh, situations. So that's one 
one part of the contribution we are trying to make to the industry. The other part is the uh, economic part, which is making HDMAP is quite expensive and it's a complicated process. It's, so how do you reduce that cost, right? How do you leverage that cost? So we provide this kind of a engine and service so that we serve, uh, share the cost of building and maintaining this engine among all our customers. Yet all our customers can have their own customized map solutions. So these are the two directions we're trying to help with the self-driving car industry. We strongly believe self-driving car industry is a, it's a huge, huge market and business opportunity. As long as we provide the value and uh, uh, make our own contribution to this industry, it will be a great business. And how is DeepMap using artificial intelligence and machine learning um, to deliver your software solutions to some of the OEMs? So in the mapping industry, actually, machine learning has been used for many, many years already. Uh, specifically for DeepMap, we use machine learning to help our uh, tools and pipelines uh, to uh, detect features and find out semantic meanings of the environment and help automate a lot of the processes we have inside the company. And, and what types of machine learning are you using? There's actually several types, right? And the majority is deep learning, and there's also some rule-based and traditional computer vision stuff as well. So it's like a mixture. And has it been very difficult to hire for machine learning roles? It's not easy, uh, but we're very, very lucky. We have some very good machine learning experts here as well. And James, how do you think about training your model? So obviously your customers are using their vehicles to drive the roads and accumulate all of the different sensor data you were talking about. But how, you know, how do you think about thresholds for when you have good coverage across certain roads or certain environments and when you need more training? For deep learning or AI, there's a bunch of uh, application fields. For us, it's quite specific. It's like about the static stuff inside the map that we care most, right? the lanes, the curbs, and all these traffic lights, traffic signs, uh, most of the stuff we care about are static. So we just focus on those and we generate a bunch of training data, accumulate a lot of training data, and use that to uh, train our model. And while the user is keeping using, keep using the data, keep using our service, keep collecting new data, we actually try to uh, update the map while also at the same time make our model better and better. You mentioned this briefly, but how do you think about your customers being able to share um, mapping data across, you know, across customers? You know, are they able, if Ford is generated where stop signs are in Northern Michigan, can other customers uh, benefit from that same, that data that Ford's creating and generating? Yeah. So in the short range, I mean, in the short time range, I don't think sharing is that critical yet. Most of the, our customers are still in their developing stage of their self-driving car technologies. There's a multiple challenges that we have to solve, safety, reliability, uh, in all kinds of situations. So that's already very challenging. Sharing data, in our opinion, at this stage is secondary. Well, in the long run, we definitely believe sharing data will be beneficial to all the players and to the industry. We actually will be promoting that. And there's actually a lot of the stuff inside the map we build can be shared. But that decision will be in the hand of our customers. It's their data. It's their map. 
if they want to share with their partners and, and friends, uh, we can enable that for their customers, right? So that's their call, and we can help to make that happen easier. Do you have to explain to your customers how your artificial intelligence machine learning is working? No, that's actually most of our customers are pretty sophisticated. In, uh, they understand machine learning very well. So we don't need to explain too much on that part. However, I have to, uh, for partners and customers who didn't know us before and who didn't understand our business model, it actually took me a while to explain what we do and how we are different than most of the other mapping uh, players in the space because we invented this kind of new uh, business model in HD map that we don't own the map. We actually just provide a service. We don't own the data. It's our customer own the data and they, they can uh, own their map as well. We just enable them to build their own maps according to their specification. So this is kind of a new thing and it's, it's quite different from people's understanding of mapping business traditionally. So we have to jump in and do some explanation and show some examples to, to educate uh, our customer how this will work. So far, it's been working very well. So, James, as we think about the autonomous vehicle software stack, can you please just walk our listeners through that stack? I mean, I, I guess close to the bottom layer is Deep Maps, you know, core mapping technology. But what what are some of the other kind of software pieces that will fill in that autonomous vehicle stack? At a high level, the self driving car probably needs several modules, critical modules like planning and control, perception. Uh, that's pretty high-level uh, modules and localization, mapping, and uh, sensor switch, and also onboard computing, communication between edge and uh, cloud, and server side. There's a bunch of modules in the server side. So it's kind of complicated, but at a high level, there's a few major blocks. Planning and control, perception, mapping, localization. That's a few major ones on the car side. And also all these components have critical component on the cloud side as well. And how far are we from having autonomous vehicles? And do you think it'll first be in long haul trucking? Autonomous vehicle technology is quite ready, in my opinion, if there's some help to this technology. By help, I mean like restrict the region. This kind of technology can be deployed adding new regulations to help this kind of uh, technology to be deployed. And also there's might be new type of insurance to cover accidents created by self-driving cars and also reduce the speed of the self-driving car vehicles. For example, if you have uh, slow moving vehicles cleaning the street or this kind of uh, applications, it's actually, I think the technology is quite ready in my humble opinion. Well, for the trucking industry, that's also another saying. So if you want to completely replace the driver, it's probably still difficult. Well, as I mentioned, if there's regulations, uh, new regulations helping this, and on the highway system, building a very sophisticated driver assistance system is actually pretty uh, accessible. There's multiple companies uh, working in this space they're making a lot of great progress as well. So it's very promising. That's great to hear. 
Uh, so, so James, what have been some of the challenges that you faced using applied AI and machine learning? So typical, right? One's uh, data volume. So how you can get all these great high quality training data is not cheap, number one. Uh, number two, the computation cost, right? Uh, training this large amount of training data will be uh, quite expensive and time consuming. To uh, So we have to do this real quickly so that we can adjust our models and parameters. This also need uh, quite some uh, resource, computational resource. The third one is probably uh, how to evaluate and debugging the models, right? When you have a great model, how do you know where are the cases this model will fail? That's also an interesting uh, challenge as well. And to further improve the model, right? If you don't know where the model, why the model fails, it's pretty hard to target uh, your training data or your um, training process to fix, specifically fixing uh, problem in those regions. I think these are pretty general or common challenges in the self-driving, I mean, in the, uh, in the AI space. James, I'd love to hear your perspectives on the employee mix of the company. I think when you started, you know, maybe in a couple of years and then maybe, you know, two or three decades out, it's really interesting to look at, you know, SaaS companies in that they start off where they're pretty engineering heavy. Then in, in the middle term, it's kind of a 50-50 split between engineering and sales. And then, you know, uh, 10 years out, they're, they're predominantly a, a Salesforce organization. They're just practicing their selling motion. With a technical company like DeepMap, do you see a similar evolution in terms of your employee mix? We, uh, we're still quite early in that uh, process. And honestly, I don't know if eventually we're going to have a majority of the company become sales department. No, I don't think that will be the case because uh, the mapping part we're building is quite complicated. We still will be a very engineering heavy company. The back end, the infrastructure we're building is quite complicated and we have to make that uh, keep improving to make the engine better, smoother, and more efficient to continuously reduce our uh, maintenance cost and increase our turnaround speed. I think in the long run, we'll still be a pretty engineering heavy company. Now we are very, very heavy engineer, right? But gradually we probably will have a pretty major solution team that will support our critical customers to do very specific customizations for our customers. We already have a solution team now, but I, I'm expecting that team to grow dramatically with the uh, progress of our, our customer and the expanding of our customer base. Yeah, and I guess what's unique about DeepMap is the universe of buyers is is relatively small, right? I mean, there, there's maybe in the hundreds of potential buyers, or is it even larger than that? <laughs> yeah, probably less than 100, in my opinion. So even today, there's probably less than 100 critical players in this space. And we're not expecting to have all, all of them as our customer. Actually, uh, we're kind of thinking uh, ourselves as a critical resource, but we can only support so many customers. Uh, so we're trying to pick the best customers to work with as well most promising customer as well. Of course, we want to try to scale and support as many customers as possible, but we do have a limit bandwidth. We want to, 
let our customer really leverage our technology to save uh, them time, money, and resources in deploying their self-driving car technology. And especially when they are ready to scale their technology, we can be there to help them. So we want to do very early engagement with our customer because this is kind of a, the integration process takes some time and we, we are doing a lot of customization for our customers. So this customization process also takes some time. So if we get engaged early on, this will benefit our customer and also benefit our business as well. So we can have a, a things very well planned in advance. It's mutually beneficial and definitely a great thing for the industry as well, because we can help our customer to deploy their car sooner with less resources or less cost and scale them better when their business is actually taking off with their self-driving car technology. That's actually a good segue to my next question. I'd love to hear a little bit about the company's history, including uh, past fundraising. We have been around for three years, uh, more than three years. We just, uh, I think, we founded uh, 2016 April. We raised so far uh, seed, Series A, and B rounds, three rounds. We raised more than $90 million, but we didn't uh, announce the exact amount publicly. We have very serious investors backing us, including Andreessen Horowitz, Excel, GSR, a Generation, and uh, Goldman Sachs, and also a bunch of strategic investors, uh, including Bosch, NVIDIA. That's a few that we announced publicly. There's a few others we didn't um, mention yet publicly. And who do you think of as your competitors? Do you think Google and, and will get into this space? I know they're trying to build their own uh, driverless car technology, or is it more uh, competition from, from other startups? I think we have three types of competition in the industry. So one type is traditional map makers that they are trying to pivoting into the HD map business, starting from ADAS level two, level three maps, and try to get into this space as well. Uh, there's a bunch of new startups in the mapping sector, which is not a surprise to us. We believe this will be a, a industry by itself, HD map industry by itself. So there's plenty of this kind of uh, startups coming out. The third competition is from some of our potential customers' internal mapping effort. <laughs> so uh, it's like a decision to see if we want to outsource this or want to keep this in, in-house. I think that's a three type of competition we have. We welcome all kinds of competition. I think competition, I believe competition is great for the industry and for technology development. But eventually we need to look at the real problems we are facing as a whole industry, right? The self-driving car it's very difficult and we need a lot of investment up front and take a long time. And eventually we need to beat the human driver in terms of cost, right? So how we can save money and save time, that's actually a real engineering challenge. And we jump out to focus on our piece, make it as solid yet as flexible and as cheap as possible for our customers. We just want to be a, a critical player in this space and make our own contribution to the self-driving car industry. That's basically what we want to do. That's really interesting, thinking about how some of your customers down the road may actually want to build their 
own internal mapping solutions. From a product standpoint, how do you optimize your product so they're incentivized not to build their own in-house mapping service down the road? It's all about the scalability, cost, and speed. So for any real product, we're not talking about prototypes. If you want to make a real product, you need to make the product that actually affordable, right? And, uh, and scalable and have the right go-to-market uh, speed, timing. So these three things are critical. And we design our technology for this specific tasks. We want to, so if we engage with our customers, they can quickly leverage the technology we have been developing for three years and decades of experience we had before in large-scale map making, high-precision large-scale map making, right? So they can leverage this and they also can leverage the cost benefits because we already pretty much have the engine ready and they don't lose anything that is critical for themselves, like the data. They still keep their data. They can still keep their specs. We are not sharing their specs with any, anybody else. It's their own map spec. It's their own map data. They can use their data and map for anything else they like to do. So we're really just an enabler and uh, scale their service and mapping region to anywhere they like. And that's also need experience. For example, we are, we are already mapping globally. We're mapping Canada, Europe, uh, New Zealand, right? We're, we're mapping all over the place. And these places have different weather, different regulation, different driving rules, and have different type of drivers, basically, right? So we have, we accumulate a lot of experience all over the place. And there's, this doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheels over and over. As an industry, if you look at this industry, it's just not making sense that everybody is building their own self-driving car uh, HD map themselves, to me. It's such a waste of time, money, and resource. And we can understand in the early stage, might be necessary to figure out what they really need. But in the long run, we definitely believe HD map should be outsourced. This kind of uh, processing should be outsourced. And do you see DeepMap supporting more than just autonomous cars? That your tech, mapping technology support trucks, potentially you know bikes and scooters, potentially even flying cars. I mean, will there be uh, just a a myriad of different vehicles and and vessels that will be supported by potentially by DeepMap? It's possible in the long run, but in the short term, we're still a startup. And self-driving car industry is already big enough. We have so many customers that we are extremely busy right now. And I think we're going to focus on the self-driving car industry uh, for now and for the foreseeable future in the next few years, for sure. Uh, and we, we already, um, to get the HD map engine working properly for the self-driving car, is already a big enough challenge for a startup like our size and stage. And how can our listeners follow the progress of DeepMap if they are thinking about potentially being a customer or want to, you know, be hired by DeepMap uh, or want to learn more about the autonomous mapping and localization market? So we have a blog post. We, we have blog site that people can follow in our blog, and uh, we also have a LinkedIn account and Twitter account, a website, and also uh, we have. Uh, email alias info at deepmap.ai. People can shoot us emails. 
and they can just uh, contact us through uh, all kind of uh, they can people can ping me on LinkedIn as well, or ping other executives, uh, BD person on LinkedIn as well. So we try to be responsive, but we do have a lot of uh, incoming queries and uh, emails. So sometimes there's some delays, but we'll try to do our best. And also, uh, I think we can post our, our contact information, uh, share our contact information uh, through the, your, uh, your podcast as well. Wonderful. Yes, we can add that to the notes section. So James, you're, you're at the cutting edge of applied AI and machine learning. And you talked about um, some of the deep learning approaches you're using, some of the advancements in computer vision, but wanted to pick your brain a little bit about AI applied more generally to our business economy. And how do you think AI and machine learning, you know, will, will impact our business economy over the next decade? I believe it will impact the industry and society dramatically. It's pretty clear that AI will replace a lot of a low-level, boring, and repetitive labors. It's already happening all over the place. And the speed of this kind of uh, progress is accelerating. It's getting faster and faster. So... I think for AI in general, I think it's under investment now. People should be uh, more aggressive in AI. But also, I think some of the challenges for AI's product, we need to focus on uh, vertically integrated product and solutions for AI so that we can have the product and apply it directly and solve real-world problems from the lab uh, instead of staying inside labs. And what industries do you think will be most impacted by artificial intelligence? That's quite hard to say. Uh, self-driving cars definitely is leveraging a lot of the AI uh, technologies. Retailers, I mean, everywhere. It's everywhere. And also uh, agriculture, food industry. I think it's all over the place. Medical, uh, it's, it's really hard to say. It's, it's, a, it's a real... Um, fundamental enabling technology breakthrough uh, that we have right now. Security, for example, is, is such an amazing uh, application field for AI all over the place. And we love to ask this question to all of our um, CEO interviews. Um, what advice do you have for new entrepreneurs who are building AI-powered businesses? I think you focus on the problem that we try to solve for the society and the value of that problem. And then try to see if your solution actually add a value and solve the problem properly. I think the product definition is critical for AI startups. There will be a lot of opportunities for this kind of um, startups, I, I think. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, problems that people didn't realize that actually can be solved by AI or make it easier by AI. And even for AI startups, it's pretty hard for a startup to compete with giants like Google, Facebook. You don't have the data, you don't have the infrastructure. But I think giving a lot of the existing available models and public data sets and domain-specific uh, data sets I think there's still a lot of opportunities for small players that is dedicated and focused on those pain spot, real world problems uh, in the industry. 
Well said. And how does DeepMap stay up to date on all the advancements happening in machine learning? You mentioned a little bit about there's a big difference in what is done in the lab versus what is actually applied in the business setting. So how do you kind of bridge the academic world with the uh, application world? We have a pretty dedicated uh, deep learning team, machine learning team, automation team, and we have very good experts in that space, and they have they help keep track of all the progress in that field. I myself also constantly uh, watching the development in that space. So it's a, it's a team effort. And also uh, many other people inside the company, it's not just the AI team, right? All the other engineers are very fascinated about sort of AI technology and they also, their work, their everyday work is can be impacted by the quality and efficiency of our models. So they also pay a lot of attention to that. We also have uh, very good advisors. Uh, we have uh, Leo Gibbs, Professor Leo Gibbs from Stanford. He's a, a world famous professor and he also helps us to keep track of what's going on in the industry. No, your team is, is very, very impressive. So you've done a great job assembling an incredible group and an incredible set of advisors. Um, so, so James, one question I didn't get to ask you when we were talking more about DeepMap specifically was just how you think about data. How do you guys think about the new data sets you're unlocking or helping create? And also how you think about exhaust data, which is after you run your machine learning algorithms, um, you actually create new synthetic data, which can you know then be used to give your customers even more insights or, or, or make you that much stickier. But love to just hear your holistic view of of the of the data you're working with and ha- how it fits into your business model. We care a lot about data. So I have been playing with data all my big data, right? All my all my career. I work for six map companies and I have been working with a lot of uh, geospatial data. And especially at this stage of AI development, I think uh, data play a even more important role in many, many fields. Uh, so there's a couple of things associated with that kind of change. So data become uh, like a strategic resource for business, for company, and even sometimes for country. So I think people should pay more attention about the data ownership, data licensing model, and uh, data protection, privacy, and security issues associated with data. For example, DeepMap, we provide tools and softwares and pipelines and deep learning models to turn our customers' data into their asset, which is map, right? And so that they can use the, use the map and also keep the asset up to date. I think that's, that's our proposal. I think there will be a lot of opportunities in the industry for in other sectors that you know will have the same or similar need there's companies have a lot of data and they are accumulating more and more data but they don't have the ai capability or the software capability or the infrastructure capability but they need to turn their data into value and they need a way to maintain their data and mining do data mining in their data so i think that's there's a lot of opportunities there but we have to pay a lot of attention to data ownership 
and the privacy and the control of the data. Because if the data, if you give up the data for a lot of the business, you give up everything, basically, right? So if, if you gave your data to somebody else, then that's a big problem down the road because a lot of the knowledge and information you actually get are from the data. Very well said. I think your perspectives there are incredibly important. And, you know, a lot of companies are thinking about artificial intelligence powered companies are thinking about data and it's such an important asset to the company. I mean, it's really everything, right? I mean, anyone can, can build machine learning algorithms, but it's the proprietary data set that you're, that you're protecting and generating and some of the synthetic data exhaust that you're creating, I think is really going to differentiate successful companies um, from more tooling companies. Yeah, so it's just my two cents, but uh, it seems like an industry trend that people need to protect their data. Uh, Companies should uh, hold their data as their biggest asset, and they need help to make sense of the data. No, exactly. Yeah. So James, I've are there any other topics or questions that you want me to, to give you an opportunity to speak about? I just want to add that actually the, the self-driving car technology is really, really, really challenge. It's actually, uh, it's not one company's job. It's actually not even a sector of uh, the industry's job. It's a whole industry's uh, job. We need to work together and we need to have an open mind to work with partners and leverage each partner's strengths and help each other to make self-driving car a reality sooner and make it safe so that it can solve a lot of the problems and make you know make the future really the present right so sometimes you know when you look at the self-driving car technology it's almost like a fiction right but now it's, it's become a reality i think the whole industry need to work together to make this thing into affordable and uh, everybody can use and very safe product. That's kind of the message I would like to share with the whole industry. The takeaways from today's episode are, one, DeepMap's mission is to accelerate safe autonomy by providing the world's best HD mapping and localization services. Two, DeepMap is using cutting-edge machine learning technology but they are laser focused on solving a real business problem and helping their customers map the physical world at an affordable cost. And three, James is a leading expert in mapping technology, and he believes that we are close to autonomous vehicles sharing the roads with us, but that this will require further coordination from multiple companies and government agencies. Thank you for listening to Innovators. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would greatly appreciate if you could share a podcast with one person who you think would greatly enjoy hearing about how the next wave of business leaders is using applied AI to reshape our business economy. You can reach me on Twitter at Zachary DeWitt or email me at Zach at wing.vc.